Welcome back to another episode of Season 5 of the RAG Podcast. As you guys know by now, this is the number one podcast across the recruitment sector globally. And we've always been on a mission to help recruitment agencies grow by interviewing founders and telling their stories of success from startup all the way to scale up and exit. Well, this season, we're a little bit different. How do you, as a recruitment leader and founder, maintain your family and friendships whilst being the best person at work? How do you stay physically fit mentally and emotionally? And how do you find time for yourself in the madness? How do you find time for self-interest, for hobbies and self-improvement? Well, to help you with this, I'm going to be interviewing someone every single week that can demonstrate experience in one or more of these areas. So I'm going to talk to recruitment founders and also some experts from outside the industry who can deep dive into things like relationships and health and well-being. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy today's show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the RAG Podcast. We're live on LinkedIn and uh, it is officially the 2nd of February. We're, we're through January and we're now into the second month of the year, which uh, I'm super excited about. I've had a wicked start to the year. I hope you have too. Um, today, um, I'm really excited to be joined by a good friend of mine, someone who uh, I've spent a lot of time with in the past, not spoken to very much actually recently. And, and I had on the show in the first week of the pandemic, uh, James Osborne. For those of you that don't know James Osborne in the recruitment sector, you've probably been living under a rock. Uh, James is the chairman of the Recruitment Network, which currently works with over 8,800 recruiters, managers, and business leaders across the globe of recruitment sector. I think he's probably the most or one of the most well-connected guys in the market. So I'm super excited to talk to James about his own life, his experience of the pandemic, where he is now, and, and what he thinks of 2022 and what's coming. Right. Let's get into today's episode and welcome James Osborne. Welcome, James. Sean, great to see you. How are you, mate? I'm always well, mate. I'm always well. I feel like, I think you're in the same, are you in the same room as you were when we had the call two years ago? Would it be the same uh, setting? I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in the shed quarters, so. It might be the same it, setting. It's like, yeah, it might, two, it might well two be. Years, two years just gone. Where's it I, can't, I, I can't actually believe it's been two years. I mean, and it just it just shows you about what the hell's been going on in this world and how quickly the world's passing at the moment, how much stuff has happened over the last couple of years. I mean, just to us personally as human beings to businesses to just about everything i mean it's just absolute madness it really really is so it's great to be back i'm, I'm always jealous though because i always wanted to get one of those really big microphones that you've got and i just i just never remembered to get one i need to get one I'll, sort it out. I'll send you the links don't worry mate i'll send you the links Thanks, you'll enjoy you. it. i uh i you know what i mean it's crazy because i up until like two weeks before we did that episode every single episode i ever did of the rag was in the office in in london and then I obviously left London. Um, and then I've never done a, a live episode in person since, which is nuts. Um, mm. But that is how the world's, the world's gone. Now, your business, I mean, I'll get you to introduce a bit about the TRN in a minute. But like, you guys were already semi, I feel like, prepared for it all. Like, the, when I came down to your hub in, in Kent, you, you know, I think you were wearing board shorts, which is a classic James Osborne thing to do. Um, Flip-flops on a Tuesday. But you also, it felt like you were all semi-remote, fluid. Like it wasn't, you weren't like this fixed. But tell us a bit more about the operation and then how you guys went into the pandemic. Yeah, it's really interesting. We, 
we, we as a business, we're always fixated on how do we scale our business? How, how do we make it a business that could be quickly scaled? And we're always concerned that any business that is in, directly linked to the, the headcount that you've got and where that headcount is, um, is pretty hard to scale properly. I mean, you can, of course, you can scale it. We're seeing it every day in recruitment businesses. But, um, but the reality is it's, it's a lot harder to do. Whereas if you've got a business that's pretty transferable, then you can scale it a lot easier. So we, we had a fixation. Our board pushed us on this to continuously think about how do we become more digitalized, more automated, more um, work from anywhere. It didn't really matter where we were. And our office was in Kent. No one really yeah. cared. It was in Kent. And you could have been in Manchester, could have been in London. So, so, so yeah, by, by almost like naturally we were going that way anyway. So when the pandemic kicked in, it was almost like, okay, well, let's crack on. Um, so we're quite lucky, I think, from that format, which I think was quite good. We didn't have a massive you know, cost base. We didn't have hundreds and hundreds of people. We didn't have a huge, we had a lovely office down here in Kent, but it was in Kent. It's a lot cheaper yeah. and it would be having a central office. We can get out pretty quickly of it. So yeah, we, we were quite fluid, I think, which was, which was quite fortunate for us because it allowed us to really go for it at the beginning of COVID and really you know, do what we thought was the right thing to do at the beginning and, and sort of, you know, go out there and make a, a massive dent on the world, which is our, our sort of big focus during COVID. I want to get into that. Just just before we do, just because bit back big backwards here, but for those mm. who don't know, as I said, I don't think there'll be plenty many in our sector listening that won't. But just give us that kind of elevator picture of who the TRN are. Yeah, it's it's a really simple concept. So we we're a community of recruitment business leaders and advisors who collaborate and work together every single day um, to help each other maximize performance, productivity, and profitability. So I mean, right. that's how we sort of define it. How do we do that? We have a whole sort of ecosystem of services from advisory to uh, training and, uh, and so it goes on. So it goes on. So and, you know, for us, it's, it, we, we basically provide a platform for any recruitment business, whatever stage of growth they're in, to help them go to the next stage. And, you know, we don't say we know it all, but we know people within the community who do know it all between us. So yeah, it's just yeah, a really yeah. lovely community. It's great. I mean, you've been part of some of the sessions we run yeah, and yeah. it's. You know, I, I look at a lot of the people in the community as, as members. They're not customers or clients. They're mates. They're good friends. Yeah. Um, I think that's demonstrative, actually, of our of the world of how it's going anyway in business. I think we're coming a lot closer to our customers. But, you know, I, I love our members. I really thoroughly love working with them. And I see I get very close to them. So it's a really warming, well, I wouldn't say it's a family because that's a bit weird, but it's a, it's a very warming community and a network where we all just get on and we're all out to help each other grow and outperform the market and what we did last week and the week before. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, yeah, up until the pandemic, I think I, from starting Hoxo very soon, we, we we were at all your events, really. Um, and I always thought it was just such a classy event, classy group, great people. There was no dickheads. There was no egos. It was just a great, great group. It was always fun. And like you yeah. say, it's not like mates. Um, now, one thing about, you know, we've got similarities. Not I wouldn't say, you know, on the same level as you, but people tend to I know a lot of people in the first few weeks of the pandemic came to me and asked questions. Like, I don't know, maybe because of this show or whatever, but I felt like my phone was just constantly ringing of people asking, Sean, what do you think is going to happen here? Like, what advice have you got? Um, and I kind of did the same to you. I remember phoning you up and going, mate, what the fuck's going on here? Like, what? You... So who did you speak to? Because I imagine you got people ringing you constantly like you know you and gordon are just getting bombarded from the from your com customers saying hey what do you what do we do next how did you feel and and then who do you turn to in those moments okay so really weird one right so when when covid first kicked in if i'm really brutally honest with you i didn't even think about it from a pandemic point of view from a health point of view i didn't even cross my mind i didn't know what that was you know i wasn't really into mm -hmm. that um immediately i got really really excited 
Um, because for me, it's like, this is why, this is why I was born. This is what I was put on this planet to do as an advisor is you turn up and you show up when the proverbial hits the fan, you know, it's bloody easy to be a, an advisor or a mentor to any industry or any business when everyone's doing really, really well. You just go, well, yeah. keep doing what you're doing and you'll do really well. And I'll see you next week. You know, it's like, that's a bit rubbish. But when it, when it really goes wrong, it's when you need to show up, you know, as you know, my background is sailing and scuba diving. So we're taught in diving and sailing world. You know, when you're instructing people and stuff, when something goes wrong underwater and you've got people's lives at risk, you've got to stop, think, and then act. You've just got to stop and think, okay, well, what's going on here? Right, let's just, you can't not do anything. You've got to do something and move forward. Yeah. Um, and I really love that. I get a massive, massive kick out of that. So when, when the whole pandemic thing kicked off and, you know, we got all the team in the office and basically I said, like, okay, this is great. This is our chance to really demonstrate who we really, really are here, you know, demonstrate our values. They're not just words on a wall. We, we show up and mm. demonstrate that actually we are pretty good at what we do. So, so, so I, I was excited, I'll be honest, which I'm not, I'm not, I think I'm allowed to say that in a pandemic. I'm not sure, but um, I, I, mean, I, I was excited. And where do I get my ideas from thoughts and things from, you know, I spend a lot of time reflecting on stuff that I see. I try and look at stuff. I don't like to comment on things. I don't like to get into arguments about politics and all that type of stuff. I'm not interested in that. I think there's plenty of people having their own arguments. They can carry on doing so and wasting their time. I like to just watch what's happening. And based on that, I get a kick out of understanding what, therefore, is the next move. You know, I love playing chess. I love playing chess. So I love watching chess moves and thinking about three or four moves ahead. Um, we work with a social economist in, in TRN who talks about not the economy what's going on necessarily but how people respond to the economy and therefore how that then changes what's going to happen next in the journey and that, that is just so fascinating when you think about it so you know i love all that so, so we sat back i'm surrounded by great people i'm really lucky i'm, I'm a you know, i'm fairly useless to what i do i just happen to have a bunch of great people sitting around me and i just like looking at them and observing and going all right okay well based on what you said there i reckon this is the path to go forward the most important thing in COVID now, anytime in business, is not just to sit there and wait for something to happen. Yeah. The most important thing is just to get on and make things happen. Um, so we just got on with it. And that's what we did. I think I remember it was, I, I definitely wouldn't put myself in, in the camp of, of I was excited in any way. I was, I was genuinely worried about it. Not from a business. I mean, we were three years old. We just had a record month. And every advisor I spoke to, including, I don't think you were one actually, but everyone I spoke to said, Marketing will go. It'll be the first thing people cut. So I was like, fuck's sake, my whole business is going to go. But the one thing I felt I could do was this podcast. And I was like, I'm going to go daily. And you were the second episode in that period. And I went, I did 60 episodes in, I think it was between March the 13th and June or something. It was ridiculous, right? And I was knackered. But that that was my thing to the sector where I was like, I'm just going to try and communicate something every day to the sector from people in China, Japan, New York, wherever, based on their and, and you know some people were really depressed on on the show, but at least others were le were learning on it, and there was people like you that were more positive and other. What did you remind me? What you did because you you made a quick play that I think was so smart that that I'm sure play paid off for you. Yeah, and it wasn't meant to be smart. I mean, I mean, I mean, some people say, "Oh, that's a very clever marketing trick." It wasn't <laughs> meant to be as smart as trick at all. It just felt oh. the right thing to do. Yeah, same mind. We just brought the whole we brought the whole team on that first day of lockdown. In we're in the office and, and we said, right, guys, we've got a decision to make. What we're going to do? Um, so we recorded a video there and then, which we posted out to all of the members. And we said, well, number one, I'm not really sure what's going on right now. This is a bit of a weird time, but 
um, you're going to need, we're going to need to really hunker down and work together to get through this. So we're going to really double the amount of support and effort we're going to give you. We're not going to start getting rid of people and furloughing people. We're going to bring more people in and surround ourselves with the best, best content and insights that we can find. And then we're going to really support you. And then number two, um, don't pay us. And we said that because, you know, my first thing I said to everybody is the first thing you do in a pandemic or a situation like this is you stop all your direct debits. You know, you, you hoard your cash back in um, and you wait for that third red letter to come through to you saying, if you don't turn, pay us your money, then we're going to switch you off. And then you make a decision whether you want it or need it or not. You know, and I said to people, you've got to do that straight away. And by the way, we're a direct debit TRN. So mm -hmm. stop paying us immediately. You have to. Um, but we said to people, look, don't, don't pay us for, we actually said originally three months for the first three months because we didn't know how long it would last. We extended that to six months. So we just offered our services for free for six months. And I think it was, I loved it. I, it, it, it there's something really cool. And, and I don't want anyone listening to this. I don't want to think I'm now going to offer my services for free forever because that will slightly go against my sort of business strategy. But um, there's something really cool about offering your services for free because it just changes the way you think about what you're offering. Uh, you're doing it for a slightly different reason um, and it actually means you do I think you do a better job of it so um, all the team galvanized around the team loved it they loved the idea of this they're going on this journey we told them their jobs were all going to be secure and safe and we'd, you know, we'd fund it and we just went out the market and said let's just get through this and we'll figure it out afterwards and you know did it was it a good marketing strategy well i think it attracted quite a lot of new people to come and hang out with us which was great and they get to experience us i think we created a reasonable sense of loyalty amongst the membership which obviously is good strategically in the long term um but honestly the reason why we did it it was just the right thing to do you know and i, I touched on that first point we, we we're all entrepreneurs yeah we run businesses you know it'd be so dull i think to be an entrepreneur wake up in the morning and it should be an easy day yeah. That's not yeah. what entrepreneurship is about. Entrepreneur is about trying to climb a mountain, but do it up the, the slightly hard route that no one's done before. You know, that's what it's about. And, you know, there's something about the pandemic in the last two years and what we as recruitment business owners have gone through, which actually is it's been tiring and it's been tough. It's been challenging. But that's the reason why we set up our businesses is to be entrepreneurial and go through challenges like this. And I think it's been really great from that perspective. I really do. I just want to mention our sponsors for today's episode. I'm so grateful all the time to be working with the likes of Vincere. Um, now, Vincere, are, as you know, they've recently been uh, been acquired by Access Group. They are flying globally. Um, they're going to be exhibiting at the Recruitment Agency Expo next week, the 9th of February at Stand C20. I'm personally going to be there on the 9th um, in the afternoon. And uh, I think 8th and 9th, they're going to be there. They're going to have Hisham Azuz on the 8th doing uh, speaking to people on the mic from the Recruitment Mentors podcast. And then on the Thursday, they're going to have me there. Um, and I'll be there talking about, you know, all things marketing, automation, video, and uh, interviewing their customers, our customers. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you're at the expo, please come down and say hello to me and the team from Vincere. Um, but if you're interested in, in the CRM itself, Remember, RAG listeners get a very, very exclusive deal. So go to www.vincere.io forward slash RAG and book yourself a demo. It does lean back to your model as well, though, doesn't it? Like, you know, you've got, you haven't got a stupid headcount. You're very profitable. You've got, you're scalable. You're, eight, you're, you're, you're agile. You can help people. If you had a team of 60 people to pay for, it might have been a slightly different idea, you know? Um, but I love it. I thought it was great, you know, and I know, and I know it was genuine. I know, I mean, my podcast, I didn't think about it, but it actually tripled the listener base and it mm -hmm. meant, that, you know, 
we had clients. And then when we launched the academy, it felt like it just came to us. And it was like, wow. But all that came as a result of just going, well, how can we help? Um, so if we fast forward, because we've, I think we've all spoken about the pandemic till we're blue in the face, right? Yeah, it's gone now. <laughs> it's not gone, but the, the early days, we've, 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 we've been through it. What I'm interested in is this ridiculousness of the, let's talk about like, you know, summer onwards last year. All I felt from every customer I spoke to was, you know, one, the word busy, I'm just bored of hearing, but it felt relentless. It felt like there was this absolute gravy train. Like all you saw on LinkedIn was PBs and record month, record month, people hiring record month, record month. Um, but it, you know, and it, it doesn't seem to have changed much from my perspective, from my customers. Um, how have you seen, like, what, what has been that coming out of the pan? I remember you talked about the hockey stick curve a lot. But what's, what has been the reality in your customer base in the last six months as a result of what the pandemic, the impact on the inflow of roles and all the rest of it that's happened? How, have you, how would you summarize what's been going on in your customers? Yeah, and just before I do, I just want to touch on one thing about when you talk about the people posting about PBs and that type of stuff. You know, some people really dislike that. You know, they think it's a bit dirty or think it's a bit bullshit and all that sort of stuff. The reality is, is people people get motivated by positivity. That is an absolute reality. Um, and people need to be shouting about all the good news and good success stories. So I think it's brilliant, by the way. I, I love do. hearing I about well. PBs on things. You know, now, the reality is not everybody is having PBs out there. So you've got to be empathetic with people who aren't going through the same sort of journey. And people are still suffering. People are still uh, having tough times out there at the moment. But if you look at the majority of the membership, the majority of the recruitment sector, let's be honest, the majority of people probably pre-summer actually, but you know, let, let's go from summer last year onwards, were just on a very, very interesting growth journey, which um, didn't peak in Christmas. It's been carrying on since Christmas. It didn't even, it stopped abruptly at Christmas on Boxing Day or Christmas, yeah. sorry, Christmas Eve, um, and then started exactly how, on the same trajectory on January the 4th or whatever day it was, and we came back again. So it was literally just like a break. It's, it's almost like, yeah, it was almost like everyone just, everyone stopped for two weeks, right back on it, straight back on it again, back into it. And it has been absolutely relentless. Um, which I think is brilliant. I, I absolutely love this. And you know, people are saying, oh, it's really tough in the markets at the moment because we're candidate short. Well, that's the reason why recruiters exist. That's why our industry is here. So celebrate the, 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 the strife and the, and the volatility of the marketplace today because that will enable us to carry on offering our services at higher margins and all that sort of good stuff and doing better, better uh, relationships with our clients. But, you know, it has been an amazing, an amazing last 6, 12, 18 months. It has absolutely been phenomenal. It's been bloody hard work. And I think people are exhausted at the moment because they're working so, so hard. But I think the majority of people are working really hard, not because they're just trying to pedal to stay afloat anymore. They're working hard because they see this as a once in a lifetime opportunity to make a massive, like I said, to make a massive dent. And I think that's really exciting. And that's why you're seeing, you know, some recruitment companies, their headcounts growing by 70, yeah. 80 people, you know, in the space of six months in a, in a hard to find marketplace. You know, So all of that is really, really cool. So it's, I, I think it's brilliant. The one challenge and the one thing I think people are forgetting about a little bit is how to enjoy the journey of being uh, busy, yeah. um, how to how to enjoy a stressful journey, because that's the, that's the whole play here. You know, if you don't want if you don't want to be stressed, you don't want to work hard right now. Nothing wrong with that. You know, it's absolutely fine. Take your foot off the gas a little bit and relax, but don't expect to get the results out of this year and, what, and what's happening. But if you want to maximize this year, like you guys are doing a hot and everything else, then you go for it. Right. You absolutely go for it. 
if you beat yourself up about going for it, then I think you've missed the point of going for it, if that makes sense. And it's like, you know, we talk a lot about enjoy the journey as much as the destination. We've all heard that expression before. Is that you've got to force yourself to enjoy the journey right now because it's a bloody busy, hard work, uphill journey that was paying off huge amounts of rewards. But it's a journey, you know, and that's the reality. So how do you how do you help people realize that? Like you can say it, and and I get it, and I totally completely agree with that. How do you like in, in a real life setting in, in the TRN or just when you're advising people? How would you help someone realize that they need to enjoy this moment and not just sit there moaning about the yeah? Well, first and foremost, they need to understand what the journey looks like. I think there's a lot of people who are just pedaling at the moment, so I don't actually know what the journey looks like, what tomorrow looks like, where they're trying to, where they're trying to get to, what are the real success milestones. So you've got to paint that picture out. You know, when we bring on a new member at TRN, we build a roadmap, and it's like that yeah. roadmap is like this is. This is cool, right? This is a really cool journey ahead and, and you can see it. So those stressful nights that you had or that evening or that client that let you down or you had 90 grand's worth of dropouts in a 24-hour period, it all derailed everything. Just go back to where you're trying to get to next week and get back on the horse again and go for it because that's still yeah. there, hasn't gone away. So, there's, so you've got to understand what the journey looks like. And then for me, I have this expression. I think I was told this to you before, probably offline, actually, when we had a couple of beers. But I have this thing which is called positively discontent. And I, I live by it. I really, really do. And I've, I've got this issue, which is like I'm never happy with anything. So I get positive about stuff. So we had a record month. I get positive, which is cool. But I immediately go, well, what, what could have we done if we did a little bit more that month, et cetera? Um, so I love this concept of saying, Let's enjoy and celebrate all the wins that we're having, but never, never settle. That's good enough because there's more to come and there's more we could have done. So in my board meetings, I get told off a lot by some of the clients I advise that, you know, the reality is I'm not going to celebrate with you all your success or your personal best and your record months. We'll, we'll have a 30 seconds on that one. And you can go and do your stuff with your, um, your staff and have some beers or whatever. I'm going to focus on the opportunity that you lost this month and why uh, you could have got even more. And, and that, that, I think, is important, that continuous improvement, continuous evolution. And I think in a bizarre sort of way, whilst it's focusing on the negative side, what you could have done, um, it reminds people that we're still going on a journey. And then that, that has, a, I think, has a galvanizing effect for people to want to keep pushing, want to keep striving harder. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind what is it that really motivates people, especially in our market, is if you're part of a winning, growing, evolving team moving forward, that's the number one motivator. It's better than money. It's better than yeah. you know, pool table in your office or a trip to Vegas. It's like, actually, am I just part of a team that's winning right now? Yeah, we're moving in the right direction. I agree. What's the, what's the most frequently asked question you get right now from your members? What, what, what keeps coming out? Uh, can you find me any recruiters right now? The <laughs> I, one, I think just about. So, you know, I mean, I mean, and people are looking for talent right now more than anything else. Um, what's the number one thing? We, we don't have a number one thing. It's a really interesting question, actually, because you would think there'll be real common themes coming out now. And, and if we did some data stuff, I could show you that the, the common themes and the biggest challenges everyone's facing of this, 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 and this. We know all that. Um, but everyone is so, so different. And you know, we, we just did two sessions today. Um, one was all about creating different types of share schemes and 
and share option plans and et cetera, et cetera. And there's a whole bunch of members on there that I didn't think were going to be on there, but they're on there now because they're rethinking their redirection of their business and why they're doing it and, and their lock-in plans for key, key personnel and that type of stuff. So the question today for them is completely different from what it was a week ago when they asked me, can I help them write an RPO contract or, or a proposal for them to go and win a bit of business? And that's the thing I love about TRN. It's so fluid. It's unbelievable. And that's why we say that, you know, this is not a James Osborne show. I don't know everything. And that's I've just happened to be quite noisy on social media and i've got quite big hair and that sort of stuff but the reality the reality is i don't know everything and i don't profess to know everything but i can't answer everyone's questions but the questions i can't answer i definitely have experts who are the best people in the marketplace to answer those questions and i think those questions are just changing daily and what i love about trn is that whatever question you've got whatever time of day it is whatever day of the month it is we'll have an answer for you and we can find you the best answer so it's that community at the end of the day isn't it it genuinely is a community because people will ask and it doesn't matter what the topic is there'll always be someone else who's going through it or been through it and they can and then if it's not if it's not one of your staff or support it's actually another member that that can you know can support yeah yeah massive. and it is a community and it is built around lots and lots of people like you doing what you're doing every single day lots of people like me telling people what to do every day or advising people what to do every day and lots of other experts who just know what they're talking about you know you bring all that together and a whole lot of data to it to sort of back up some of your comments and arguments throw in a couple of case study examples of where it's gone right and where it's gone wrong um and you've got a bloody good answer to your question you know and i think if you can get that within a minute or asking yeah. off having that, that question in your head that's pretty empowering i think you know if you go back a number i mean go back in my business go back five six seven years ago you, you lie in bed at night you know you think i can't sleep tonight i've got this burning question how am i going to do that you spend the next day researching and studying this sort of stuff and then you try and figure it out yourself and you draw some mind maps all that sort of thing it's like that's a day's just gone two days just gone you might have just lost a client then yeah. i want an immediate answer to my issues i want an immediate answer to my opportunities and that's what we try and create here and i think you know what i think because obviously my role my business is marketing and e-learning right and i'd say the biggest problem i've always faced is that i'm I'm taking things on for the first time all the time and i haven't yeah. got that i haven't most of my network are recruitment owners and recruitment leaders and they don't know the answers to the problems i have because it's a different business model um i wish there was more things like yours in different sectors like i'm yet to come across one of in in the marketing agency world that's exactly like the trn I'm, i don't know maybe i've not looked hard enough um unless maybe you're you one. maybe maybe you just set one up mate the marketing network it might work it might work but so what if we're looking forward to 2022 then what what do you see like you talk about this social economist you're talking to and you've got all these net members and what do you predict are going to be key trends this year? Okay. So, so again, again, I, I think probably I'm, I'm quite immature how I think, right? I'm, I'm, I've, I've, you know, I spent my life, I spent the large majority of my life traveling around the world, scuba diving and sailing and that type of stuff. So I'm not a traditional commercial thinker, I suppose, but I have my way of doing it. It seems to work well for me. Right. And I, I tend to look at all these trends and all these things that are going on politics and the economy, and that type of stuff. And I see it all just sitting, bubbling away underneath me, and it's all happening, and it changes in different directions. They're all in cycles. So whatever happens today, it could be slightly damaging and painful today, but it will bounce back two or three years later. So as long as you've got a five-year plan, it will wash itself out within that five years. And I see that for everything, just about. You know, 
all the stuff that's going on in the world, they all just wash their way around things. And I hate the fact there are so many people spending more time arguing with each other about what should or shouldn't happen than rather than just getting on with it. Mm. So that's all bubbling below. For me, you know, if I look at 2022, there is no doubt it is a, a huge year of opportunity. I mean, yesterday was the was it the Chinese New Year, the year of the tiger. I mean, it's all about abundance and you know, opportunity and competition and all that sort of great stuff. And, you know, 2022 is a massive year of opportunity. It's never been like that. We've never had a time like this where we could do so much crazy cool stuff. You know, you've got micro recruitment companies, one-person recruitment companies winning RPOs at the moment. Brilliant. Absolutely love that. We've got, you know, members, one person who's a one-person recruitment business just tipped over a million pounds worth of GP and basically outsourced and offshores a big, punk, a big chunk of the delivery. And the rest is just he's just managing the bit in the middle. I mean, how wonderful is that? They could yeah. have done that three or four years. It wouldn't have been allowed. You've got yeah. clients coming to us saying, I don't care, Sean, um, where you find these people or where they work. Just find me 50 Python developers or 50 .NET, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. But So you've got all these really cool things going on. There has never been so much opportunity. The, the, the trend I'm seeing and what I'd like to see in people is we, we think about how do we utilize this time to really take our businesses to the next stage, to take our own personal development to the next stage, to take our people that work with us to the next stage. You know, so, you know, is the four day week going to come in? Is there going to be a different hybrid model of working? You know, are we going to be taken over 50% by technology? Well, I don't know. I've got, I've got no idea. Everyone's got their own opinions about it. And then what will work for you will work for someone else and won't otherwise. But and all this will go on. We need to take a step back and go, right, how do we use this now to, to, to make our businesses more profitable, more scalable, stickier than they've ever been before? And that's one of the number one things, without a shadow of a doubt, that I'm most excited about about COVID is the majority of companies I work with are have grown, but they are percentage more profitable than they were pre-COVID times. And I don't see that going backwards. I don't see that changing. So, you know, you've got businesses now throwing off 35% um, EBIT to GP um, percentage profit. I mean, that's beautiful business when you think mm -hmm. about it. That extra up uplift of 10, 15% from maybe what you had pre-COVID times, you can do a lot with that money. You can reinvest it. You can launch stuff. You can what would you say stuff. an average? What would you say an average is now? bit across your well your... It, it, so it really varies depending on your industry and the market mm. and the type of business that you're running sort of stuff a lot of businesses i work with are sitting in around about 30 percent at the moment so yeah. which is which i think is brilliant you know i remember pre-covid times getting people to 20 percent would be pretty cool I'm yeah really happy with that sort of stuff so 30 percent, i think is genius again to me it shows a little bit of like how relationships have changed with customers we're doing different type of business better business ever done before um, i think the value of a recruiter has significantly gone up now i remember having a conversation with my family over uh, going back like a year or so ago when we we're doing all the remember clapping we used to do on a friday night whatever it was yeah, yeah. you know and you know i was talking about you know the importance of these amazing people around the world who do so many incredible things probably get paid hardly anything for it in comparison to other people and yet they're the ones who actually are helping us get through COVID and saving our lives, that type of stuff. And we talked about even down to sort of not even down, but even thinking people like bin men, you know, if these guys don't turn up with their, which they always do with a smile on their face and a happy morning and singing away and doing a meticulous job and taking away my bins, I'll have a pile of rubbish in my house. And so it goes mm. on, so it goes on. So, you know, all of that, there's so many opportunities. Of, of seeing things change in the moment. And I think I've, got, I think I've lost myself in my train of thought, but the, um, the, I suppose the point I'm trying to make is it, it's an amazing opportunity right now. And there's, it's a more of an opportunity than ever before to realize that there are people in our businesses that we can do so much more with. Um, we can get squeeze more profitability out of people, not by making them work longer hours and harder, no. 
but by making them more efficient and giving them more capacity and having better relationships with our clients and winning better business and all that sort of good stuff. So um, I rattled on massively there. I completely lost my train of thought, but um, I'm, I'm, pro, I'm, pro, I'm pro bin men and I'm pro opportunity. I like it. I like it. Would you say, would you say headcount is as big a, a bigger measure of success as it was? Because I mean, obviously you mentioned it at the start about your own business. My business partner wrote about this last week on LinkedIn Ammo and it went pretty, you know, a lot of people commented. Yeah. Um, I've been banging on about this for ages. I, I, as a business personally, headcount, I don't want to be the metric that defines success. But then I love interviewing people like Claire Cooper last week at Storm 2 that have hit 60 heads in a year. Storm 3, sorry. And Storm, the 11 group will be 1,000 heads in three years of going live. And you're like, yeah. pretty impressive stuff. Obviously, huge investment and, and risk attached. Um, again, across your member network, is it still the glamorous pin sticker that people talk about how many head how many how many recruiters you got like it was always one of the first questions anyone would ever ask how, how many people in your business yeah what, what people need to remember it depends on your strategic growth plans as a business so some people are planning to grow out of profitability some people bring out headcount so we've got big headcount growth as trn this year in particular a lot more punchy than we've ever had before but i'm not going to do that out of a non-profitable business i want to squeeze more per capita out of my people and then grow on the top of that so it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter i think where people get it wrong they compare their business to other businesses they say well you know we've only got 25 headcount you've got 150 headcount you must be a better business than us not necessarily it depends on what your strategy is and the type of business you're winning if you've got a one-person recruitment business doing a million quid on their own Okay, is that a pretty cool business? Well, it's not too bad in comparison to other businesses. Mm -hmm. Can you do much with that? Flog it, sell it? Probably not. Um, could you enjoy that? Probably yes. So I don't know. So for me, um, headcount growth is nothing wrong with having aspirations to have large headcount in your business, providing you're growing it out of profitable foundations in the first place. I think where businesses go wrong is that we add lots and lots of costly headcount. We're not getting the ROI out of them. And yeah. then you end up with a very, very punchy cost base, which... Right now, it's probably okay. You can probably get away with it because we're having record months and everything else. Yeah. If we have another downturn or things get a bit sticky again, what happens? Do we just flick them all and say, oh, thanks, for, thanks for hanging out with us for a couple of years, but we're going to get rid of 50% of you now because we just doesn't, doesn't quite fit for the, um, the, the shareholders. So there's, there's two sides to the argument here, and I think it really does depend on your strategy. Is either right? No. You know, you've, got to be, you've got to grow a profitable business, right? That's important. Um, and one of the ways of scaling a profitable recruitment company is by adding head. Um, that's yeah. reality. what do you think slows people down from not being able to scale the ones because there seems to be a lot of agencies that want to scale they get to mm -hmm. that 10 10 heads 20 heads max and they're desperate to get through it to, they want they, they genuinely would say to you or me like growth is the number one objective but they don't ever seem to kick on what what do you think common problem Depends on where they are in their growth place. So you know, we all know the fact that the famous sort of 10 headcount barrier. So when you get to sort of round 10 headcount, so many businesses fail to go over that. And they go up to 11, they drop down to seven, back to nine. It's a real like a, almost like a brick wall. Mm. Um, my understanding of that based on the work that we do with people is that when you get to 10 headcount, you have to think completely differently to how you think about what got you to the 10 headcount in the first place. Um, and I think it's a very different mindset, different mentality. A lot of people aren't ready to take that different that shift in mindset. So um, that to me is the number one issue, I think, for, for growth is if you imagine a recruitment company's growth plans from startup through to 10 headcount, 30 headcount, 100 and so on and so forth, you think you behave, you do things differently at each of those different stages. When you get to each, before you get to each stage, you need to start flipping your business model to make that happen. Um, some people don't. They use the same business model from what they got them to a yeah. headcount. 
think that's going to punch them through to 18 and it won't. Uh, it, well, it, can, often, it, it, can, it can do, but you can't rely on it. And it's often, you know, the owner won't need to get out their own way, really, don't they? That they can be too controlling of of things and everything has to go through them. Yeah. Which again is you, you, you can have a small business that goes through you, like the guy you mentioned, be super profitable. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's, it's a great strategy, but you've got to believe if you've got to want that to be the strategy. And if you want the growth, you need to change to, to be able to do that. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's a whole load of things that people that needs to change the type of people that you accrue, the types of roles that you have in your business, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, how you behave as a leader and what your job description is. Are you willing to take a hit for six months on your billings in order to be able to in, uh, invest in people and everything else? Now, all those things. When you're a small business and you know you still got your mortgages or your kids' schooling, whatever it is, reliant on your date on your monthly paycheck, then to make those decisions is quite hard. That's where the mindset of an entrepreneur comes in. You know, an entrepreneur by default is someone who goes, "I'm willing to take some risks here. I'm willing to put it on the line." to punch through to that next stage. And once I get to that next stage, I can then do different things and more things, et cetera, so. District Four, um, another proud sponsor of our show. Um, if you don't already know, these guys provide mainly startups, but also existing recruitment businesses with the structure and back office that they need to grow successfully, launch and grow successfully. So if you're a startup, if you're thinking of launching a recruitment agency in 2022, I think you should speak to these guys. And But also if you're already up and running, and you're running a brand that might need a bit of help, but you're not exactly loving every area of your business, speak to them because they might help get you back to focusing on what you do best, which is running the business, billing, you know, front office, and let them take care of the stuff you don't want to do. So again, if you wanted to reach out to them, please book a conversation via www.district4.io forward slash Hoxo. One thing this season I mentioned to you before that I'm, I'm really interested in is, is the impact of being a business owner on your actual life and your health mentally, physically. Um, we've already joked about the fact that I put my feet on LinkedIn this week and posted a, a picture of my myself on the scales. Um, I genuinely weighed in heaviest since I was at uni on the 1st of Jan and it was, it was <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I've been at that weight since, but I've never stood on a scale and seen anything above 80 kilos, which was a bit of an alarming moment. For some people, that's not a lot of weight, but when you're like my height, it's, 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 it's not where you wanna, I want to be. Um, and then in, in one month, I made three changes. So I made, I stopped um, I stopped drinking for a month, which I know I want to talk to you about your, your plan on that one. Um, and I've done loads of months of that, so I wasn't worried about it. I knew I could do it, and it was easy. And I'm I'm still not drinking till mid-Feb when I go to Dubai. Um, I stopped eating before 1, 1 p.m. in the day, which, again, I, I'm, I've never been a massive needer of breakfast. I love my food. I could eat three breakfasts, but I don't need it. I'm, I'm not, like, sat hungry. I just, I just like food. So skipping that has been so easy. But then the other thing, I've just ran every day. I've done a challenge with my mates. We've done 3K minimum per day every day for 31 days. And I ended up dropping five kilograms. But actually, the, the the physical benefits weren't what I've what I've enjoyed the most. It's been the mental benefit and the camaraderie with my mates doing it together and work. I feel more alert. I feel alive. I feel like I'm you know I'm up at, I'm up earlier. I'm feeling brighter. I'm I'm working harder, but I'm enjoying the journey more. Basically, exactly what you said. I feel like I've enjoyed January more than I enjoyed any month last year. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, right? Um, what? Tell us about your approach to this, because I, again, I, I see you on Instagram and I see you on LinkedIn, and I think the similarities. But you do share more personal stuff on Insta 
your, your kids and rugby and you know you're always i feel like you're always doing something cool like every weekend tell us about how do you balance being james the business owner and also the husband the father everything else outside of work all right so so so, so i don't think there's any difference between who i am I, I am me and that's it and someone said the other day you are you and that's good enough and i quite like that as, a, as an expression which i think is brilliant um <clears throat> I, don't, I don't have this thing about i've got to do a certain amount of business time and then a certain amount of time with my kids and a certain amount of this I, I, my life all flows in together i've got no issues of getting up at two o'clock in the morning and writing a proposal for a, for a member if they need to be out the door by eight o'clock the next morning. I've got no issues with that whatsoever. It's not a big deal for me. Um, in the same way, I've got absolutely no issues of taking an hour off this afternoon and going watching my kids play hockey. It's, mm. you know, to me, life is one big thing. And if you start chunking them up into little bits, you start putting pressure on the other bits. You either do too much of one and therefore you're not spending enough time on the other, or you do too little of that thing. And, I mean, you know, and so it goes on. And I think, that's not how life works. Life is all just blended into one big tapestry of one big colorful thing. Um, I think social media has proven that, right? You know, LinkedIn is now what Facebook pretty much, right? Mm. It's the same sort of thing. And, you know, most of the companies I work with know me on Instagram for what I got up to on the weekend, as opposed to what we did with the business and how we made them grow and exit. You know, so all that's all that aside, to me, everything all merges together. I don't get stressed by it at all and how much time I'm investing. I don't mind working an 80 hour week at work and I regularly do at the moment because I love it. Um, and I'm quite happy at the moment to jeopardize sleep, not jeopardize sleep, relinquish sleep. So I don't spend less time with my kids and do that type of stuff. But what, what is your sleep pattern like right now? It varies. It really varies. So as you know, I'm not drinking at the moment. So I've never mm. slept so well in my life as I am at the moment. Having said that, I'm really, really on it at the moment. We've got so many cool things going on at the moment. So, you know, the idea of doing an eight hour, nine hour sleep doesn't really work for me. Uh, you know, if I could do six hours, I'd be really happy with that. I'm providing it six quality hours of sleep. So that's plenty for me. And I'm really, really, really chuffed with that. But I don't know. I'm not, you know, I will still wake up in the morning and I like, as you know, I, go, I live near the beach. I like to go down to the beach and have my walk, and have my coffee down there you know, with the sunrise because it helps me get into the right mindset. That's the my me time. You know, I do my training and stuff. I like to do, I like to keep fit, as you know. So, you know, they're, they're really important things to me. Do I, do I personally have a schedule for those and a time frame? No. Tonight, if I don't feel like it, I won't do any exercise. I don't want to beat myself up about it. If I fancy going and get myself a takeaway curry, I'll get myself a takeaway curry. It's not a big issue. Um, I, I don't. I just don't want to get in a position. Business can, life can be really stressful as it is. When we start putting stress on ourselves about how we're living, I think we've just doubled the amount of stress. That well, how do you make? I get. I, I love that. But the problem with most people is if they have the takeaway curry and they don't do the exercise, it leads to tomorrow and the day after and the day after. And within a week, they've done fuck all. And, and yeah. They, and and how so how are you able how how do you think you're able to maintain the consistency because it is consistency that you you just dis, you display in all areas where do you where does that come from people don't exercise because they don't enjoy it so find an exercise that you enjoy doing and then you, you won't mind doing it you know so i was you know if i had the choice sitting down tonight watching some weird tv program about something i've got no idea what it what it's all about um, and glaze at a screen for an hour or sit on my turbo in here and you know put the british lions match on from a couple of you know a few years ago and do, pump out 40 50 kilometers on the bike that to me is fun i really enjoy that, that watching the tv and the thing that doesn't really interest me whatsoever so if you if you find things that you enjoy doing then you won't mind doing them 
I think the reason why people don't do a lot of it, well, I think a lot of people do exercise now, but uh, the people why don't, people don't do reg exercise regularly is just they just don't really enjoy it. So enjoy it, make it fun. You know, if you if you want to go for a 3K run every day, do it with a mate, and then you've got a chance to catch up on stuff and do that regularly. And then it becomes a, yeah. a thing, you know, whatever it is. You know, I, you know I've, I've got back into, you know, we've got triathlons happening this year. So I've got back into quite having some swimming now. So, you know, I've been at the pool twice this week and, it's been brilliant. I absolutely love it because I'm just locked in my own in my zone for 45 minutes. And I'm not down there for like three hours pounding it. I'm doing 45 minutes, get a couple of kilometers in, happy as Larry. It's fantastic. I love that. So is it again? You don't have a schedule, but roughly, what sort of times do you do things in the day? Would it? You said morning, so six, seven a.m. You're out down the beach. Is that always the same? Yeah, I try. I try to. So, so, so I, I base a lot around my. I, I, there's three. I, I like to do running, swimming, and cycling, as you know, for my triathlon. Yeah. So, I, I can I can only run in the mornings. That's my time when I, I run. I can't run on when I've eaten. So, I have to run on an empty stomachs. Just the thing I Same. like to do. So, so for me, running has to happen in the mornings. So, certainly on the weekends when I do all my morning runs, I do. I've got, I've got a place I go to. I run down to to this place it's about 10ks and there's a coffee place right at the end so it's a yeah, perfect seen, 10k run the picture and it's my coffee it. loop i love it so my little coffee loop you know i know exactly how long it's going to take me and i know what's at the end of it and i love it it's perfect so and then the, the riding my bike and you know, i'm on the turb at the moment because the weather's not great so that to me is an evening activity which is perfect um, which is good and swimming is an evening activity so um I don't, I don't have a fluid activity. I don't sort of say every morning I must get up at 5.30 and go down to do a walk for half an hour, that type of stuff. I try and keep consistency in some of the key things, though. Like, um, you know, I, as you know, I live in a shed. Well, I live in a shed. I work in a shed at the bottom of my garden now, which we built in, in the lockdown. I like to commute to my shed, so I like to actually physically close off from my house, come to work, and I have that as a commuting time. So I do different things to make that happen. You know, sometimes I go around the block to get here and just do a little sort of five-minute loop or whatever it might be. And little things like that, whether it's a, an hour walk to get to the shed or it's a five-minute walk to get to the shed or the shed quarters, as we call it, um, that thing is still the same. It's still the principle of I needed to do something to close down home and open up work. You know, in the old days, I, was, I can't remember who the guy who said it, but when you commute on a train, you pick a point on your commute. So let's say your commute is 30 minutes you pick a point on your commute that's 15 minutes into your commute and on the way into work at 15 minutes you stop all your social stuff and fun stuff and you start getting in work mode on the way back out you do exactly the same thing 15 minutes into your commute home you stop all work stuff and you focus on personal thing and that gets you in that right sort of mindset to stop to start start to stop yeah I, think it's important. I love that i think you definitely have a different approach to it than me but and then that's the best bit about this show as I love learning from people like mine I'm a bit more routine I have to kind of I have to schedule it I have to because mm. I know I'm not the best at just going I'll I'll probably do it like so I'm I'm planning but, but, now but you're touching a sorry, but you're touching a really interesting point is that we're all different yeah, yeah. what works for you doesn't work for me and vice versa mm. and there's nothing wrong with that the, 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 the issue I have and this is where social media plays its part right is you know we all go out there and bang our drum this is how you should do it because it works for me and you know, this is, you know, all this sort of stuff. And, and then the reality is that may work for some people, but it actually puts undue, unfair pressure on other people who it won't work for. I think that's mm. where we've got to be careful. So I interrupt you. No, it's fine. But when it comes to like the balance of mind now, it's like equally can't run on an empty stomach. So by pushing my my food to 1 p.m., it gives me all morning to run. So yeah. I'm running, I'm going to run straight after this actually, and then I'll eat when I get back. So one o'clock, I'm just going to change and go for 30 minutes. Um, I walk the dogs in the morning, run at lunch. That's got all, and I'm doing calisthenics now, which is something I'm doing with this remote coach, right? And but do you know what? One thing you said to me that 
played in is, is enjoyment. Like I used to do a lot of hit training. I fucking hated it. Hated every minute of it. Yeah. I just seen, seen a video today on Instagram. These guys like jumping up and down, doing all these moves, and I'm like, the thought of jumping up and down on a mat in my own. Like, I've done it, and I, and it couldn't get good results, but. It's just like doing weird sit-ups and moves and knees. I'm like, it's just not for me. Whereas now I'm learning to like hang off bars and doing all these body weight things. And like, I'm genuinely enjoy it. And it's not intense, it's slow. Running is slow. I've realized I don't, I'm not an intense guy. I like slow, steady state. So you're laid back. I've actually, I've never actually consciously gone. I'm doing it more because I enjoy it. I didn't realize. I, I didn't. It's not something I thought about until you've said it, and then I've gone. Actually, yeah, I looked at a hit training workout before, and I thought, "Fuck that! I don't, <laughs> don't want to do it." Yeah, but it's, um, it's like that, that we did. We did a, um, as you know, last week we had a, a session at the Oval, so we had a, a 180 recruitment leaders at the Oval for the day. It was a brilliant session, and we had um, we had a bunch of different speakers there. One of the speakers we were talking with was talking about how you get into the flow state or into a state of flow, which is that that bit where literally everything can just passes you by, and you're so in the zone doing your most productive work. And I think about that for everything, really. So if I'm if I'm going for a run, how do I get into a state where I'm in my flow state? So I actually enjoy running 10Ks and it's a, it's a good fun, et cetera, et cetera, or 20Ks or whatever mm. distance I'm trying to get to. Um, you know, so for me, like for running, if I run without music, I find it really hard work, like really hard work. So I've now created, I've got a whole series of, of um, playlists that I've created which build up at certain times and do certain things. And they're for certain runs that I've got. So and I love it. I'm waiting for the next song to kick in. It's almost like I'm dancing, which is brilliant. So, and that's, that's my way of enjoying it and getting into, into some sort of state of flow. That's the same way as business, whether you're doing an hour of calling on the telephone, whether you're running, if you enjoy it, you'll do it and you'll get a lot out of it. If you don't enjoy it, it's a slog. Yeah. And you mentioned about the kids. And, you know, you, you do do some, it always feels like you're doing fun things. Your rugby, I've seen you were at a live game, Saracens or something the other day. You're on boats. You're like, again, what's your approach? And it might just come naturally. You might not have a plan around it. But like, how do you see that role as a father? Like, what what's your kind of approach to it? Uh, it's a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that one before. But the, I suppose my approach is I want to expose my kids to everything. I want them to taste, see, feel, touch everything they can possibly taste while I've, I've, I have some form of control over them. Influence yeah. over them, not control is probably the wrong word. Um, yeah. Because because when they're 16, 18 years old, I lose that. And everything they've learned in the time that I've got them is stuff that will, I think, manifest and make up what their future thinking will be like. So... I think if you're if you're if you're protected from stuff, you don't understand it. So, you know, I've taken my kids to South Africa, and we went to South Africa. I took them to a school, and they spent a day in a in a township school um, because I wanted them to experience that and, and appreciate yeah. it, and, and for every, everything else. And I think that has made a delible impact on their lives in some tiny, 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 tiny format. So. Um, and I think that's important. Whereas if you protect them from that, they don't understand it. And therefore they can make different decisions, which may be not necessarily the right decision. So, so in answer to your question, I just want to do as much as possible with them, show them as much stuff. Do so, I mean, we were talking to the kids yesterday actually about what can we do this weekend? You know, some, you know we can go up because my, my, my son, as you know, is broken. I think, you know, he's got, he broke his collarbone playing rugby a couple yeah. of weeks ago. So he's really? grumpy, grumpy as hell, 14 year old. who can't play rugby at the moment or any sport. Um, so we say, what can we do? What, you know, where can we go? Because like, well, let's go and watch some basketball. Let's go and watch some, you know, let's go up to the Olympic Stadium or whatever it is just, let's go let's go on a, on a trek and let's just go and walk for six hours and just chat as we walk and go up some hill or mountain or something you know just fun stuff like that i'd rather do that because they spend a lot of time like any kids do on their phones playing xbox i'm quite cool about that but 
when they're not on that, I want them to be doing stuff. I don't want them to be zoning out all the time. So, no. And it, it goes back to the whole thing, isn't it? Life's for living. I mean, you know, there's so much stuff we could be doing with our lives. There's so much fun that we could be having if we just go for it, I think. And at some point, it would be too old to be able to do it. It would be too knackered and too tired to be able to do it. And then someone's like, well, you can't climb a mountain anymore. Okay, fine. Well, at least I've climbed a few on the, on that, on, on the way here. So. Is this part of the TRN's, maybe not service, but do you, do you find that like the personal side of being a business owner is stuff that you guys get asked about or, you you know, people network and chat about? They do. I think that I think that's because the community is very open and people do share quite a lot and that type of stuff. And, and he said there's no egos involved here. And especially over COVID, you know, we had that where, you know, a lot of people were in tears and they're exhausted and right at the end of their wit, you know, it just drained. So you have to talk to people about well, what's actually happening outside of the day-to-day job because there's other things going on. So, um, yeah, I think I think people do. I think people naturally talk more now about how they feel. And I think this is important in business. And I, I love the fact – See, I, I hate business per se as business because okay. I, hate, I hate the idea of I'm going into London today because I've got a meeting with a client at 11 o'clock. So I've got to leave at 8.30. I've got to put my best suit on and a tie that I really don't like wearing – you know, I don't like wearing shoes, I like wearing flip-flops. Yeah. That's going to be uncomfortable. We're going to make polite conversation for the first 20 minutes. I'm then going to try and convince them to buy something they probably doesn't want. Um, and then we're going to leave again, make polite conversation, and I'll do a follow-up. And that's like four hours of my life just gone for a person who probably didn't want to meet me anyway, sort of stuff. And, you know, that's sort of how business often was. And it was just a bit like, really? It's just a bit dull, a bit fake. Whereas now it's a case of, you know, whether you're on Zoom or you're having a face-to-face meeting in London, it's just like, let's just talk to people. Let's hang out with people. Like my first, our first conversation with clients and customers that was I only met before for the last, what, two years has been, how are you? Not as in, how are you? As in, no, seriously, how are you? Mm-hmm. Are you okay? How are things going? Is it good? Are you having a record month? And that's bloody lovely. It's wonderful. The next thing you know, we're talking about their personal life and their problems and their challenges because, we can do that now. And if we take away all the egos and we start understanding each other better, guess what happens? We can actually start helping each other better. Go mm. back, bring that back to recruitment. You've got recruiters now and customers now are working so much closer together than they've ever done before because they truly empathize and understand each other where they're coming from. You know, so for so long, recruitment and recruiters have been put down here in comparison to clients. 100%. Because because not and not not for any um, not for any nasty reason. I don't think clients were being nasty. It's because they just didn't really empathise and appreciate what recruiters have to do all day long to achieve what they're trying to do. Now everyone's going through it. People can't find talent, so they go. I really now understand the effort you had to put in to find that one person there. It wasn't just a three-hour search on your database. It's three years worth of building networks and everything else. That's amazing because it's now allowed us to say hang on a second, I'm going to cut all the sales bullshit right now. I'm just going to talk to you as it is. I'm here to help you. I want to make money out of you. There's nothing wrong with that. That's how I survive and what we do. Let's work out a way I can help you and make money out of you at the same time. But it's good for you and it's good for me. And I think that is just brilliant. And that's that to me is, this, is today's sales pitch. Yeah. And I love that. I love it as well. I like it. Um, James, it's been a pleasure as always. Feel like we could just carry on. That shed, just you know, it's inviting. It's inviting. Like keep my, my shed, I know. <laughs> no, I, love it, I, love it. Um, I got asked the other day, "Are you in a cupboard?" I was like, "No." Yeah. I've actually got like the room is is actually like a lot bigger, but it's just the the way the wall moves behind me. I've actually got two dogs here as well. I've got cockapoo. I've got the French bulldog. So this is proper, <laughs> like you know, integrated living and working. I would uh, 
And you got your big microphone. And you got your big mic. Still got my big mic. But I used to put the dogs downstairs, and then the door would. Someone had walked past the house, or the Amazon guy had come, and the noise level was insane. Whereas actually, when they're in here, because I'm, I don't know if it's because I'm talking, they tend to sleep, and it's no, literally no problem. Whatever. (laughs) It's a safer podcast recording strategy. Um, always, always enjoy our chats. I'm, we'll definitely, you know, you're going to be back on the show in the future, without a doubt, to give us an update on what's going on. But if anyone has listened and thinks, you know what, TRN is definitely. Um, something I want to find out more about. What's the best route to, to getting hold of you? Yeah, it's simple. Either drop me an email, james at recruitmentnetwork.com or go to recruitmentnetwork.com and sign up for free and just come and join us. You know, we have a free service. So you know, if you want to just get some help and answer some questions, just hang out with us. That's all it is. You know, we, wow. we, don't try and, we don't try and sell to anyone. We just say, just come and, come and hang out with us. And if you like it, then stay, stick around for a bit. If you don't, then it'd be lovely to meet you and we'll see you, in, in, see you out on the, going for a run somewhere or something or, I like it. I like it. Well, look, um, absolutely uh, loved it. Thanks so much for giving us your time. I know how busy you are. Thanks, You're man. probably jumping on about another nine video calls straight after this. Um, guys, thank you for um, for giving us your attention today. Um, we've had a couple of couple of messages just in the background. Um, Michael wrote, the most common question I am seeing in the recruitment space is how do recruiters, TA teams handle the explosive growth in recruitment needs? Yet at the same time, manage a hyper-competitive market. I've been recruiting for 10 years. I've never seen a market like this. I think we covered a lot of that. We've had a lot of people say, great discussion. Good luck, guys. Good content. People are happy with that. Um, James, thank you. Everyone who's listening, thank you so much. Um, We'll be back again with another episode. Um, We've got some exciting people lined up this season. So please, please, please do stay tuned. And I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you, as always, for listening to today's show. I truly, truly hope that you got value from it. That's the only reason I take time every week is to ensure that my audience, future and existing recruitment owners are learning from each other to make this industry that I love so much stronger. Today's episode was brought to you by Hoxo Media. I am the CEO and founder of Hoxo Media, and we are the world's leading content marketing and personal branding agency for recruitment businesses specifically. So we are working with over 200 agencies and 2,000 recruiters right now, both managing the brands, producing content, building written video podcast content for niche recruitment agencies all over the world, as well as coaching at a desk level individual recruiters in your businesses how to be better on LinkedIn. That's how to brand themselves. That's how to produce content. That's how to use the opportunity on LinkedIn to get traffic to their profiles and turn that into business. We're coaching people all over the world every single day. If any of that sounds of interest, please do visit www.hoxomedia.com or drop me, Sean Anderson, a personal message on LinkedIn. I would love to talk to you. Tune in again next week. That's live on LinkedIn. Or you can catch the show on the following Monday from 6 a.m. on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'll see you soon.